And everybody, you are listening to the Corey and Dre Show. I'm your host, Andre O'Rourke, aka Big Nasty. And as always, sitting to my left is my esteemed co-host. What is your name, player? Big Sexy, aka Corey Brennan. And right across from me, we have a very, very, very special guest. This dude has been all over the country doing stand-up comedy, doing his thing. What is your name? Kevin Budkey. Oh my fucking god! So for those, <laughs> Corey just climbed over his. Fucking couch. <laughs> for those of her, for our listeners, Corey is a bigger guy, and um, him climbing over that couch was the most acrobatic thing I think he could have. <laughs> Dude, you actually are. I saw a little bit of your ass when you fucking did that, though. <laughs> Dude, look at him. He's straddling that. Fucking, was... He's climbing over the fucking couch. He's straddling that fucking thing. Dude, listen. I I took ballet as a kid. I know what I'm you doing. You did? No. Nah. Uh, I thought you were serious. Like some <laughs> are weird you kidding thing. me? I don't know. My dad's like an old school Irish person. He's not having me in ballet. Oh, you're gonna learn the ballet, you fuck. <laughs> you grimy fuck. No child of mine isn't going to learn the ballet. <laughs> you look like you played like a catcher in baseball little league. I played yeah. second base, and I was a big dude. I still played second base. Yeah, That's dude, a solid I, position. Though. I could, I could picture yeah. you. I could picture you doing that, like, yeah. like that athlete with all the fucking dude. Don't lick my fucking leg, you weirdo. Gatsby <laughs> just fucking accosted me. So <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> little little background, real quick, on Kevin. Um, Kevin's a stand-up comedian, actor, producer, director, blob. Just every fucking thing you can do in entertainment. Kevin, aside from porn star, Kevin has done. Well, actually, I don't well. know. But I don't <laughs> yeah. know, dude. I don't know. But um, no. I got a uh, new one on the way out. He, on, literally on the way out. Torpedo. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Holy shit. But um, no, me and Kevin, um, dude, I, I, I started off kind of with Kevin, um, going to all the open mics like back in fucking what, 2014, dude. I watched this man literally go from like, like just – Start from the bottom, like from the bottom, bottom. Dude lost his car multiple times. Just went, had life shit all Bro, over. We worked at Texas Roadhouse before that. Yeah, we did. dude. Actually, yeah, me and Kevin worked at Texas Roadhouse together. Like when we were eighteen. Like in 2013. What did you guys do? Oh, I was a fucking waiter, and he was the salad. He tossed salads. <laughs> he tossed. I tossed his salad. That was so bad. No, you were actually. I mean, I think you were. I don't know. Your salads were good. <laughs> no one ever complained about you. Did we ever talk about the toss your salad guy from the HBO prison documentary? Oh no no what who what I thought we did maybe we didn't who the, a long time ago there was a, a prison special on HBO and it was it was this guy he was like putting the production team on like what happened in here he goes all right look now when a new person come in jail we call them fresh meat they're fresh meat okay fresh meat and and when I get myself some fresh meat I get them in the cell and I say look um. You gonna lick my ass with a jelly, or I prefer honey. He goes, it's called tossing my salad. He tosses my salad. Oh my <laughs> like, God. The condiments for it's not gonna. You're not gonna taste through your ass. Well, because he says whole. like you don't taste whole when you put the jelly. Oh no, he goes. Oh, he goes with honey or jelly. I prefer jelly. <laughs> he goes, so he's considerate of the. Yeah, he goes. So it's just a way of saying like I, I'm your boss. You toss my salad with jelly, and then we got a good relationship. When you say it like forward. that, it makes it sound jailed not as bad. You know. <laughs> Are you kidding Honestly, me? That dude, makes it sound way worse. I mean, eat raw booty the whole time. I mean, that's definitely way. The presentation better. was actually quite polite. <laughs> yeah. on that. Bro, where is, is there cilantro? Like, what's uh, give a little bit of garlic? You know? See the way I, I mean, took it. not mix with the jelly. This but. came out in like 2000, so I was young when I saw. I was maybe like 12 when I saw this, and I was like, court. "Oh my god!" Well, if you're I, I was young. I was like, "If I go to jail, I have to lick some black dude's <laughs> yeah, asshole." I mean, I was I was like, like, see this. That's fucking awful. I have to say, I found a porn site. I found a porn site called BlackCrackAddicts.com. It's all it's all white chicks. You found it. I, I, I found yeah. it. Yeah, it's all white chicks looking black dudes assholes. Swear to God, it's a real thing. Damn. You can Google it if you want, but I'm not sure if. 
I mean, you could just go to black <laughs> black.com and then it's like <laughs> black.com. <laughs> Because okay. they're like, yeah. I mean, there's like black guys banging white girls. And yeah. Then, yeah. That's, bo- oh. that's boring, the, honestly. The other website for that is called daddystears.org. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. We always end up on porn. We fucking we really we start do. off with your career and all your shit, and now we're at blackcrackaddicts.com. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay, oh, but anyways, man. we worked at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Kevin Kevin uh, was tossing salads in 2013. It wasn't the best time for him. And then I remember he made a video he about- He prefers jelly. I don't know if you heard about Kevin's video. No. Where he tossed the salad. No. I'm fucking around. (laughs) I quit. All right. So basically, Kevin um, made a video called I Quit My Job for Comedy. I'll let you tell that story, though. Oh, good. Uh, (laughs) Tell it, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I did an open mic. I wrote for, I was in a depressed phase. I was going through like different, I did like a multi marketing company. I did like, I was working for different companies. And then I was like, one of the last things I wanted to do, I had a clothing brand and all that stuff. One of the last things I wanted to do was stand up comedy. I just thought Mm. that like that was the one thing I could never do. Okay. So I wrote for like four months and I like just nonstop. I would spend, I would work all day and then I'll take a nap at like 9 p.m. And then at 11 p.m. I'd wake up and be up from 11 p.m. until 7 a.m. writing and studying comedy for four months. So then I would try out my material at the airport, like this headphone store and like customers at bomb every day, you know, like, so I'd, I got used to bombing at like an early age, you know, yeah. all the Google um, reviews is like great products. Hate that shitty kid with the bad jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that helped, I met Anthony Jeselnik there and he like told me about the comedy store, like more about it and like told me to go there and all this stuff about potluck and all this stuff. So I like, honestly, if it wasn't for working there, I would have never like learned more about the comedy store and got more into it. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, so then I did an open mic at ham bones when that was still around and um and then i taped it and i wore a power ranger costume and i don't know you know like it went pretty well wait 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 your first time on stage you wore a power rangers yes, costume did. Yeah. the video is still on <laughs> youtube yeah three thousand views on youtube right what now, color uh, it was a green Power Ranger. Wow. You can hear it when he goes up on stage. You actually hear someone go, green with envy. Yeah. I'm not joking. Someone actually <laughs> and, said that. Bro, I don't know who it was, but before I went on the stage, I didn't even know anybody, but everybody's very welcoming. And somebody was like, hey, can I just put the glove on? And I was like, what? He's like, I just want to put the glove on. Let me see how it feels. And he wore the glove for like a half hour. Like, I had to ask him for it before I went back and said, like, can I have the glove back? Like, <laughs> like, what kind of weird <laughs> shit is that? I need that for my shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. If you toss sweaty my salad. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's kind of fucking weird. I'm going to be honest. Um, yeah, 100%. Kind of fucking weird. And I don't know. I think it went all right. And um, I actually had a manager that told me, he's like, you should, you're going to dress up. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Eddie Murphy dressed up. You should dress up. I was like, well, I, I'm not going to dress up like a business dude. I'm not a businessman. So then that's why I wore the Power Ranger outfit. And then he showed up and he laughed and he was like, I'll give that like a 7.8 out of 10. And I was like, wow, buddy, thank you. His example for dressing up was Eddie Murphy, yeah. who wore a fucking latex suit. Right. Like, I was going like, to find that in my closet. Dude, what if you showed up in like the raw, like purple, like, le- <laughs> yeah, like that shit was lit. That's It's a pussy yeah. magnet. Yeah, it I is. guess. Yeah. Well, his money was a pussy. I mean, he, has, he said like think, seven yeah. wives, so I guess it works. Yeah. Party all different. He is a platter of just. You know, <laughs> a fucking platter. <laughs> Just, you know, uh, what, what am I in the mood for? Whatever. Um, okay, so I put the video up and I and uh, I posted on a bunch of pages on that I was in comedy wise, and it got like a bunch of views. Is that like uh, probably like four hundred within like an hour, two hours? Yep. And then I was so hyped about it, and I sent it to all these comedians and like Terry Jones. And I told them about this now, but I told him I was like, I was like, hey, uh, can you check this out? It's my first performance. You're touching the mic, Andreas. 
they're not going to hear us. I go, oh, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, Let's do this. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, but and then Terry Jones is like, you have the it factor, and I, I love Terry. You know, Terry's a very nice guy. Um, we've worked together since, and um, and yeah. So I posted online. I quit my job for comedy, and I posted in the groups again. This time it got like three thousand views within a few hours. And a ton of hate, like t- so much hate yep. now. Like, kill yourself. You're a dumbass. Why would you quit your job? We're gonna lose everything, which I did. <laughs> Back you when know? the internet was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Dude. Nothing was censored at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, um, and then I posted. I deleted it because I felt horrified, and I was like crying. Honestly, I was like hurt. Yeah, dude. And then I posted it again. I was like, all right, fine. If I have to be like the whatever her name was uh, at the time, Rebecca, Rebecca Black or whatever. Yeah. Um, she had so much hate on her music video, but it blew her up. So I was like, you know what? If I have to be the Rebecca Black of comedy, I will. And I got 3,000 views again within a few hours. This time, the hate was so much worse. And then I got asked to do, like, interviews across the country, like, a yeah. couple different, like, interviews, which none of those – I looked up all the places. None of them do interviews anymore. They're all gone, so fuck them. But, um, but they're all, like, shitting on me. They're like, is this guy uh, the next uh, savant of comedy, or is he a fucking idiot? Find right, out right, at right. 9 p.m., you know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, – and then I lost everything. Yeah, yep. I got up at the third, the improv, my third performance, which wow. was cool. Yeah, so on that was, show, uh, Aaron Kleiber's. Okay. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, but it was uh, it was an interesting time in my life, and uh, yeah, there was one point where I got like 800 comments on a post. I was like, because everybody's like roasting me, and I was like, we should do a roast of Ken Budkey, and I got 800 comments, and people continuously <laughs> adding me to shit again. Yeah. Like, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Never do Dude. this again. And I just want to, I just want to interject. Everything Kevin is saying is 100% fucking true. You don't understand. When the shit was blowing up, it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen in my life. Can you pull up something right now, like, and yeah. play it through the audio? Uh, yeah, uh, I think like, so. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Well, so, here, while you're talking, Andreas, pull up Andreas O'Rourke and then Kevin Budkey. And there's a video of him responding to my Quit My Job for Comedy video, because there's other comedians. Oh, is that, that still up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was fuck. A, there was a comedian. It was on your Octo Gangster YouTube oh, page. Oh, God, I haven't posted on that fucking terrible channel. In here. Yeah, pull that shit up. Pull yeah. that shit up. So, so there was, like, a moment where... Um, you could just cut it in later. Like it's, it's yeah, it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. basically, basically there was a moment where uh, some guys made a video in in the Pittsburgh comedy scene. They were like responding Holy fuck, back. I for- I'm sorry. Go they ahead. responded back and they're like, "We quit our jobs for comedy." And then they were basically like, "Almost give me like, you know, enthusiasm." <laughs> what if like, all homeless blowing people for money. You're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only one person in that group that does still does comedy. Actually, me too. Um, but we don't have to say their names, but well, n- well, none of them really do anymore. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> not, I mean, so I'm 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 not disrespecting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you the truth. None of them really do it. Not here, yeah. at least. If they do it, they do it somewhere else. Yeah. Um. But basically, they were like, so, we quit our jobs. What for- What should I search? Um. Look up Andreas O'Rourke and then Kevin Budkey. Yeah. Quit Quit my job or something like that. Now, while you're um, looking that up, uh, did you have something? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just gonna so. say that like. But what happened was they made a response video to quit my job for comedy, and they almost like it didn't really like bash me, but they almost were like giving like, oh hey, like these are our opinions of quitting our job because we've done the same right. thing. And it was almost like right. it's just a dumb thing to do, and like now realizing that after millions of jobs of doing while doing comedy, I completely understand it. Um, but um, Andreas responded back was so kind. He's like, you know what? Hey, stay off my friend, man. I'm not but, seeing it. What? I mean, I found some videos of you, Kev, but I couldn't find like the uh, like. Well, no, no, no. So I don't. My video is not up anymore. They quit my job for comedy, but his is up of like a response. I the Octo Gangster channel. I ha- I fucking haven't used it in so long. Yeah, Are look up sure? Octo Gangster yeah, look on up YouTube. My terrible fucking. But, yeah, yes, let's plug my terrible. Hold fucking on a second. <laughs> what was it called? Octo Gang. I was like fucking. Octo O C T O and then Gangster. Gangsta. Not it, it was gangster. called. 
<laughs> I was 14, dude. Let me live. I fucking made stupid, terrible fucking videos. I got like two views. I, I forgot that channel existed until you said something. Thank you. Yeah, um, you should make more. You had a bunch of subscribers, I think. Uh, I was doing all right. Um, but I just want to interject. Dude, Kevin, I don't think you realize this. Mike Sasson told me about this uh, later on. Ye so... You don't know. Mike Sasson's like a is like a professional comic. He goes all around. He's in California now, I yeah. think. Well, he told me that at the peak of the Bud Key fucking storm, right? He had people, comics from New York and Los Angeles, asking about Kevin. Every day. <laughs> like people were like, "Dude, who is this Kevin Budkey kid I keep hearing about?" And <laughs> I swear to wow. God, dude, at the height of it, it was the craziest fucking thing. Like comics from all over the country, dude. Yeah, that's were, nuts. We're literally asking about Kevin. What? Who is this kid? I hear he's fucking. You know, the the, the next big thing. Like everybody wanted to know about fucking Kevin. Wow. It was the craziest fucking shit. <laughs> That's crazy to think about now. Yeah, you know? man. Like, it's insane. Like, everybody was asking about you, man. Wow. And yeah. they were probably like, he's a scrub. <laughs> and, and, and by the yeah. way, by the way, um, and, but the low times were real, too, because I'll never forget uh, when Kevin told me, he was like, hey, man, it, it's getting insane. Uh, you know, the bullying. Kevin was getting fucking bullied, man. Like, straight fucking. And all the shit he's just saying. Be just because he made a video said he quit his job? Yeah. 100%. Like, well, it was not just that. In the video, I was like, I, I, my goal, the reason why I'm quitting my job is because my goal is to get on Saturday Night Live. Right. It's something I've always loved in my entire life is what all I want to achieve. If I achieve SNL, I don't need anything else in life. Right. And, and I was like, I want to try to get it in six months. And I should have never put like a deadline because it's like yeah. every obstacle, whenever you put a deadline on something and you announce it, everybody's going to put an obstacle in front of you. And that was the biggest reason why people are like shitting on me because they're like, what a fucking idiot, this scrub. He did what open mic, he's going to get SNL, what a bastard. Well, it's a combination. There were some people that were genuinely trying to give you advice. But yeah, what, which, which, yeah, they what, were true and honest, yeah. What you have to consider, though, is some of them, not all of them, were bitter. They've been doing it for like 20 years and they, you know, maybe haven't really, they're not really in, in the place in their career they want to be. And they see you like this bright, young, optimistic young lad. And they just want to suck the fucking happy right out of you. Well, and so I couldn't tell who was being kind or honest or genuine or who was being a dick. So I was almost like a blind boxer, just waving my fist around. Just yeah. like in the comment section, I was like, "Oh, like you think you could talk smack? I'm like, you didn't even get paid to do comedy, and you're talking smack on me." I was like, and I was like, obviously I can't talk smack on you, but like you're, you, but like the fact that you're shitting on me and you don't do comedy full time or for a living, you can't say you anything. You shouldn't even be able to have an opinion. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's like most comedy drama is from people that don't make don't money have five from. Minutes. Comedy, bro. Yeah, I, and by the way, comedy drama, if you're a comedian you're listening, don't fucking participate. That shit is so dumb. So dumb. Such a waste of time. And like Kevin said, most of the motherfuckers that do it don't even have five minutes. Get yeah. five minutes, and then you can fucking do all the comedy drama bullshit you want. Okay? All my favorite comics don't engage online. Because it's fucking stupid. Because, yeah, it almost hurts you. It's like, it's dumb. like, yeah. Well, you're going to fight. It's you're poison. a fucking stand-up comic. Oh, you're going to fucking threaten people. It makes you look dumb. Yeah. I almost feel bad that I don't post because you. I feel like with social media, you either have to post not at all or like a bunch. Yeah. And I'm in this weird ground where it's almost like a highlight reel, and I don't like that because then it's like people think that my life's going better than it is. Right. You true, know, where true. it's like I'm going through the same shit everybody else is, if if not worse at times. But I'm only showing you the good parts because I am proud of those, and I, I like to look at those things, and I don't want to. I don't want to discourage people from sure. pursuing this because it is deep down a fucking tough ass thing to pursue like this is the impossible dream this you know? is this is one of the hard this is the most disrespected and hardest art form there is in the world no very disrespectful no very bro when you are a comic and other comics like just the disrespect between comics is ridiculous Dude, like i i see musicians at open mics when i see them like at a, at a mixed mic they're all like happy respectful and they they, kind. they share riffs and yeah, shit supportive comics, 
comics fucking hate each other. Now, do you know the craziest part is? The successful comics are the same way as the bands, though. The successful comics are typically very, especially if you're on a show with them, right. they're very kind. They're like, oh, hey, like, great set, or like, oh, I love that joke, or like, oh, man, tell me about your life, tell me about you, you know, like, oh, man, like, it's like they introduce themselves as if you don't know who they are. Like, that's like the, I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, bro, like, treat everybody as if it's like, I don't know, bro, as if they're like a good person. I always Why give not? people the benefit of the doubt. Just I've be even humble. had people Just that, like humble. even Joey Purse, bro. Shout out to Joey Purse. He fucking unfriended me on Facebook a couple months ago. Next thing you know, I'm bringing him on tour to Chicago now. It's like, you know, this guy. It's like I give people opportunities because I care about him, you know? Joey's different that way. <laughs> you just got to love Joey. I, I love I love Joey. That's my boy. Uh, Maybe it was an accident. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I texted him today about it. He laughed about it. Cause yeah. I, yeah, he's coming with me. He's Because I have shows going on in Chicago next week. And Congrats, he was man. like, hey, I want to go out to Chicago. I'll come out and watch. And then he's like, if you do have any guest spots or whatever, I'll, that's obviously awesome. Dude, but if not, I'll just come watch. And I was fucking, like, that's crazy. That's, You're going to drive seven hours just to come watch? It's very, very nice of you, by the way, to give him a guest. Hey, I'm, I'm saying, dude, like yeah. you're fucking providing. He's my boy, yeah. You're, I don't give a fuck. You're providing an opportunity for someone out of town. Dude, it's I'm super new. Fucking cool. Almost all of my opportunities are coming because of this guy right here. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, that, that's well, it's team effort. To Kevin's to Kevin's point, um, you know, a lot of local guys they have you know fucking uh, egos. Yeah, egos with local guys makes no sense to me. I feel like um, if you haven't played a theater or you ha- you don't tour every fucking weekend, why even have a fucking ego? Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm not saying that's the barometer of what a good comic is because there's there's great undiscovered comics. But I feel like if you're not like really like doing this shit, doing this shit, why do you have an ego? You look fucking yeah. stupid. Well, my biggest thing is, bro, I look after people that are not only funny but kind people and that people that grind. Because, I mean, like I've definitely – I don't know. I guess I could say I have lazy moments, but like I grind. Like I fucking, you, you know do. what I'm saying? I've been through a lot and I I always put in work though. You do. And like I'm always consistently at least in my mind getting better and I think with this scene, especially Pittsburgh, it's like, you know, especially with the stuff that we just talked about from my past, it's like there's things that have happened to us with certain people that you're like, all right, well, like, I will never forget that. Oh, yeah. You know? And like, 100%. as much as you're like, these people can improve, you can always become a better person. At the same time, it's like, why wouldn't I still look after the next generation, the next comics that are st- starting out that may have only had a few times on stage, but like, they show so much optimism and like uh, positivity and they are funny naturally or like whatever it is. But, um, and I think it's one of those things like the people that want to help you out naturally. I mean, Corey, like you, like you're saying, like opportunities are coming from me. It's like, bro, you, we link up and it's like, I met you. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're becoming best friends because like, oh, how can we help each other? Like, yeah. and that's the most beautiful thing in the whole entire world. I think it's like, really whenever you look after somebody as of like, how can I help this person? That is like the people I go towards. I don't want to go towards somebody's like, hey, what can I get out of this? It's like, fuck that, bro. I want somebody that's in my corner that I can like, or even that I can like be in their corner. And, and do whatever I can to look after them because at the end of the day, it's like I want to live my life for others as bad as that sounds. Like obviously, I should be selfish in a way that like I should make sure I care, take care of myself. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, at the end of the day, I my, I want to be known for a person that looked after others because I have definitely not, other than Pauly Shore and you guys and a few others, like there's yeah. not many been many people that gave me chances. You know, yeah. so it's like. And if they did, it's like one chance and I proved myself and it wasn't enough or whatever it was. But I've always thought of myself like, why can't I make this path, path easier? Like follow the footprints that I've laid down right. so that you don't have to step, make your own footprints off the path and get bump into a tree or some shit, you know? Hate yeah. trees. Fuck trees, That's bro. all you got out of that I, whole I mean, unless you break <laughs> them down and smoke them. Out of that whole beautiful fucking speech. I hate trees. Bro, I have ADD. <laughs> you fucking, are you drinking again? No, I am smoking. 
<laughs> One sin for another. We need to take you to church, motherfucker. I mean, if you walked into church, you'd burn immediately. Andreas, you go to church, bro? It'd be fucking no. Oh. But that's not the point. But no, um, no, Kevin, uh, Kevin is uh, very right. Every time Kevin comes to town, he immediately hits me up. He wants to do. He wants to give me a spot. Yep. He gives me auditions and shit. Um, very much true. You very much want to help people in any way you can. I've witnessed it myself. Yep. And I think it's because you know. I think it's because to his point, And I'm just gonna say this, Kevin. Some of the people in this town treated Kevin like fucking garbage. And you don't have to agree. I'll say it for you. They treated him like garbage. They treated him like a dog. I do understand that the shit he did was goofy, but he did not deserve. <laughs> no, I'm dead fucking serious. He did not deserve the shit he got. It was right. bullying. It was abusive. Yeah. It, and you know what? No one saw it. He kept a, he kept a smile in public. But I, I saw the behind the scenes. It fucking it, – it was terrible, man. It broke him down, as it would most people. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, but, but so the fact that you know there's that I think that you saw that you saw that at the beginning and now you d- you want to be everything but that yeah so 100%, I think right I, I think that's part of it man and um you're right you, you know forgive your enemies never forget their names a lot of people go through that though and they want to do that like they do that to the next person oh yeah they're like fuck you yeah. it's my time I yeah. took shit that's now you take shit thing. now well, well it's like the thing. frat thing it's like oh yeah. man I went through the frat realm but now I gotta put you through the frat realm it's like fuck you <laughs> yeah. why can't you just if this dude's funny especially in like Chicago is one place that I've noticed and until I came back here and I saw some of the like the younger pit talent that are like 22 year olds that are getting laughs but like Chicago is the first place that I realized like bro like you can get a lot of respect at a young age, mm-hmm. and you can grind just the same as anybody else and get the same amount of stage time if you're proving yourself and working hard, Absolutely. and especially if you're a good person, you know? So it was like, that was one thing that when I think when I started, there weren't that many younger comics, and I literally was told, because I'll, I, I asked somebody, I was like, hey, uh, how can I get on your showcase? And they were like, uh, you have to be 10 years in at least. And I was like, What's that the mean? Fuck. Because we know te- we know people ten years in who still aren't ready for that, and we know people not ten years in who are for like f- ready for more. A fucking yeah. a, a showcase. Yeah. A showcase is not. It's a showcase. See, that's why in my mind it's like it's a showcase. Like for instance, like we're doing this show Thursday at Parkway Theater. Shout out to that. Uh, five dollars. Um, five dollar tickets. Yeah, yeah. Use a promo code. What is the promo code? Just use the code Joey um, for now. Black I'll get a- gets you <laughs> <laughs> no, Use the code Joey for. I gotta make more. Promo Goes, but use a code Joey and uh, um, or comics and you'll get right. five dollars off. Um, but yeah, I think that so the thing about this showcase is I didn't want to put a bunch of like bigger headliners on it. I wanted this to be a showcase. It's Bud Kevin Budkey and friends. Like I'm hosting it. I'm trying to goof off. I want to have a good time and I wanted to of goof off not only my friends but give an opportunity for these younger comics that I don't really see that much. Um, and you know what's the how can a five or eight minute set hurt? my business or hurt us as people you know if anything that's like a moment where they realize like oh okay i just gotta step it up and hopefully you know i might even tell me in the group chat like hey if you want to record this like this would be a good opportunity even if it's not like the greatest show in the world because it is a smaller theater but like you know like use this as an opportunity to like learn from what we're doing and what we're doing to like move forward absolutely Um, man but like it's like those minimal spots bro that help you out so much everybody needs their first 10 Uh, my first 10 i was fucking terrified Mm. It, but you know what, man? When when you did do that first ten, it's a big like uh, milestone because yeah. you get your first five, which comics. That's the first thing you should do. Don't try to get thirty fucking minutes in a week. They a lot of the new guys try to do that. They try to get thirty minutes in a week. 
I couldn't imagine having the mindset where, like, you think that's possible. Well, no, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, man, I got fucking 45 minutes now. I've only been doing this a month. I'm like, dude, no, you don't. Yeah, but I feel like I also said that early on. Everybody else, all, I mean, everybody says that early on. They're like, oh, I, I can do 45. They're like, no. I was yeah, always, I'm yeah, always yeah, been yeah, afraid yeah, of Yeah, you've actually been very honest with yeah. you. You actually are more humble. You're like, I can only do, <laughs> I can only do five. You're like, bro, I just need to do 10 and do good. You know? Like, you know, like that's, yeah. um, and I respect the fuck out of that. Corey's but, humble fucking with his slick back hair. Fucking look at all suave and shit. Yeah. What's, who do you think? you are you know what's crazy dude <laughs> you know what's crazy about my hair what? is um remember the show sons of anarchy yeah when they were like how do we make our main character they came and found me they're like his right. hair we need that <laughs> that's what happened and i said that's cool you could pay me for it <laughs> <laughs> oh shit but no man um <laughs> you look like the barber from that's, that show that's or true story. That's <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> so you you um you've traveled a lot doing comedy yeah um tell us about some of your travels man where you been? Um, yeah, so I started out in Pittsburgh, and I, you know, went up to Erie. I went up to um, Buffalo. Eventually, went to Rochester on tour. Um, but yeah, so I started off. I mean, like once I got to Chicago, and I moved there after. Um, Oh, oh man, bro! I, this is, my stories are all I'm, like the place that are just accumulating. I'm like looking at a I'm looking at a map instead of like how it actually happened. I'm like Chicago, but that came after this before that. Um, but basically, I went to LA first. Um, I went to Michigan first to do a show, um, which I will never be invited back to that venue because I, you know, called some ladies. I I said some mean things. Pause. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. gotta fucking yeah. hear this story. <laughs> so Come so on. my first my very first tour show. So I I did Pittsburgh and I did the improv mm -hmm. and I did it for competitions, whatever. And then my very first tour show, I set up two tour shows, one for Michigan and one for LA. Right. And I had friends in Michigan, so I knew it could crash there. Um. So I went up there and I had the show and it was packed. It was like a hundred person room, completely packed. Fuck yeah. And I did like a I want to say eight minutes and I did pretty well. I'm not gonna lie, but like. The craziest part is it started off smooth. It was like a, it was like going up, going up, going up. My stock was just rising, right. and then immediately one of my things was I was like I wanted to pre-write crowd work, oh. which is never the fucking oh. move. No. Never the move. Oh, no, no, never do that. Oh, I, um, I learned that the hard way too. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna call out some lady in the audience and tell her that um, she has so much makeup on that it's like she's trying to hide mad cow disease. Oh, God. So then... Can we get I, a bomb, please? Can we get a bomb? I'm sorry. No. Oh. So, okay, that's a little too much. So sorry, then, sorry. So then uh, I looked in the audience, and I was just trying to find a girl, bro, and they're all sitting in the far back, and I couldn't see them, you know? Oh. I saw them, but they were so far back, it wouldn't have worked. So then the one lady that was up front, she was a little bit bigger, and she did have a lot of makeup on, though, and her husband was there, and I was like, it's like you're trying to hide bad cow disease, and I said that to her, oh. and then her husband started, like, almost peeing his pants laughing, like, went straight red, right? And 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 then all of a sudden, everybody else starts crying up, too, so, like, my let's say my set's getting to, like, a 75, 80%, like, you know, like, it's going up there, um, like, rank-wise out of 100, and I felt really good, and then I said that, and it hit, like, a peak 99 for a split second, and then immediately crashed down to a zero. Oh. And then I had to build myself, dig myself out of that hole. And I immediately said, like, the craziest part was, I said, so where are you from right after that? And she said, I'm from Pittsburgh. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, the one lady that I roast is from Pittsburgh, oh, and she God. actually looked me up online and knew who I was? Like, that's so fucked. Oh. So, um, Damn, Kev. I mean, the rest of my set went pretty well, and, like, Good. I built myself out of that. But they, they taped their sets, so I didn't film mine. 
Um, and in the hour set that they posted online, bro, they cut my clip out. So it's like a smooth <laughs> transition as if it never happened. Um, and yeah, I don't think, I mean, if I hit them up now, I'm sure they'd be like, they probably wouldn't remember, remember who I was, but, um, that was a while ago. That's and like, it was an improv theater and more than like a sketch theater, more than stand up. So I was like right. the stand up of their improv show. Um, but yeah. that's such a wild thing to write in like an insult like yeah. that. It's oh, like, dude. That's, a, that's, an ins- that's not even like a funny insult. That's just mean. I, I've learned this, that you can only be mean to people if they earn it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to let yeah. them earn it. And then everyone's like on your side. Well, and <laughs> you can roast an mean. audience. Like crowd work yeah. is supposed to be funny, but it's supposed right. to be like friendly funny. You yeah. Know? Not yeah. Like, yeah. Dickhead funny. Yeah. That, that was like, you can, but that's be your character. You gotta you know be, know? be a, like a real bad person like me or something. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just say you things. Fucking degenerate fucking alcoholic. Get, get, get out of here. Just yeah, go. Yeah. Just go. I'm going to hurdle the couch again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I've, I can. I have a way more embarrassing crowd work story. So I was at a uh, the Serbian club. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'll equip. Uh, yeah. Wait, was this one of my shows or no? No, it wasn't. This was, uh, this was fucking years ago, man. This was one of my first ever Krieger guest spots. Oh, wow. And, um... So it was a tight show. Crowd was really tight. They weren't really giving up much. Um, yeah, matter of fact, Mike Wasaki was headlining that, and shit, it took him like five or six minutes just to get them going. They were fucking tight. But anyway, so that's beyond that. Or was it because you ruined it? Well, no. I mean, they were tight all the way through. But when I went <laughs> up, I didn't help anything because <laughs> when I fucking went up, so I'm I'm doing okay. I'm not really getting that much. I'm just getting by. And then I made a fucking Catholic priest joke. And when I tell you I got stared at, I got fucking stared at. Dude. Yeah. I got fucking glared at, right? And so I, I tell this Catholic priest joke. It bombs um, harder than any joke I've ever told has bombed before. And then I get off stage, and then Chris Griva, shouts out Chris Griva, um, was hosting that night. He said, dude, all Serbians are Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, my bad. You know, it's, that's hilarious because of the fact Fucking that terrible. Mike Wasaki was on that show. And the last time I did one show with Mike Wasaki and it was at the improv. And I did. So after uh, I did the improv that, for the third performance, right. after losing everything, two years later, I finally had a vehicle and I was finally like, getting momentum. We did a sketch show together called Totally Vanilla. You can oh find my. that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, look Crazy. it up. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> that, that popped up on YouTube when I searched. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck um, you. Yeah, that's just what goofy as fuck. We improvised literally everything, all that. Oh god. Um, except for the Trump sketch, I think we wrote that a little bit. That was actually pretty. That was actually pretty good. Uh, you wrote that mostly too. I, I hit him up because we knew Trump. We I kind of figured Trump was gonna win, and as soon as I found out, I was like, hey, before SNL gets to it, we gotta write a Trump sketch, and I'll be Trump. And I try to learn the impression. I'm better at it now, obviously. But like then, I like we got like a we paid actors to be in it and everything, we, and we wow. did it, we got it out like a week after SNL. It was legit, man. It's up twenty thousand views, I think. But um, damn, something, something like that. All right. Yeah, it's all right. But uh, we definitely shit all over. Him and Stephanie Dodd. I would not recommend if you if you're a Trump supporter. I would not recommend if, if, if you were work work at church. church. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking watch that. Um, oh, but shit. anyway, so after that totally vanilla stuff, I got invited to the improv to do a 20 minute set for a magician, uh, which I never got paid for, even though I invited. Oh shit! A bunch what was that guy's name again? I don't want to say. Okay, something. okay. Never mind. I don't even remember his name to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> a magician. <laughs> um, oh, but Mike fuck. Wasaki was also on the show. I was the host and opener. I was. I, I told her I could. I could do. 15 but if i was doing good i could do 20 and then mike wasaki was gonna do 20 to 30 and then the magician was gonna go up um i invited my fucking girlfriend's family at the time oh. her uncle came out i had like family and friends i can't oh it's fucking another one where i was just punching the nuts you know which is why like those people still don't come out like people like that they're like i've been worried you know um, <laughs> they're worried yeah um oh, but i literally ate shit for 15 minutes and then 
for the last five minutes, I literally forced crowd work. I did really. I don't want to say really good, but I roasted the whole front row, and I did right. pretty good with the crowd work. But like that's hilarious that you did a show with him, and then you didn't have the best set. Like as far as no. like you had a bad moment, and then I did the same exact thing with him. Like he's probably like these young comics. Fuck these guys, dude. Dude. Okay. So all right. So we got to share. I think our worst bomb stories between me and you, Kevin. Was that your worst one? Uh, no. Um, I, I, I mean, that was the most one of the most embarrassing. I think. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. So. Me and Joey did this uh, open mic in Manhattan called Old Man Hustle. You had to pay. You had to fucking pay to go up. You paid for a mic called Old Man Hustle? Yeah, well, it was, the place was called Old Man Hustle. The mic wasn't called Old. It's like fucking like, like, the theme. Like old men fucking tell jokes about their dicks not working. It was just the fucking name of the bar. So a lot of mics in New York, you got to pay. You got to pay for a drink or you just have to fucking straight up pay. That's just how it is. Yeah. So we go. We fucking, first of all, we're walking everywhere. So it's fucking late at night. We've been walking all over the place, right? And, and we had to pay for this shitty beer that's like $6. <laughs> And uh, the mic starts, right? And the, the host was Irish with a long beard. It was pretty fucking cool. But um, so, you know, I'm thinking, I'm in New York City. I'm going to fucking kill. This is my time, right? I'm thinking this in my fucking head. But oh, God. the thing about open mic New York comics, um, they tell a lot of jokes about the city. Right, like living in the city. About the subway, about yeah. the, the metro. Not all of them do that. They do a lot of them do either about the city or current events. They're they're very much that's very much I mean that's clutch, yeah. That's very much what they do. Um I'm not that type of comic. I don't do fucking current events. So I'm not blaming that for why I bombed. I, I was just fucking horrible. Um <laughs> but I'm, I'm selling myself really good by the way. Um so anyways, come see us this Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so see the guy. Yeah. But all right, so the, the guy before me bombed, dude. He I think he was on drugs. I'm not joking. Um imagine me if I was like uh like anorexic and like balding. That's what this guy fucking looked like. Oh God. <laughs> right? He was hairy as fuck. Terrible. So I go up, man. And I'm like, how's everybody doing? And I'm, I'm, I'm way too hyped for this fucking crowd. It was like a crowd of like hipster bar goers that are all waiting to go up and they just stare at me and they don't want me to talk to them. And I'm trying, I tried crowd work. I tried it to dead silence. I'm talking library in the suburbs, fucking silence. Right. And I, I start, I'm, I start, barreling through material you know how when you're bombing sometimes you just, you tell your jokes so much faster you're like okay next okay next dude i was doing that and dude i was getting so hot i was fucking gleaming sweat oh. i know they saw it my fucking pit started sweating i was like shaking because i was fucking nervous my heart was be i thought i was gonna have a fucking heart attack so i'm bombing i'm i'm, t- I'm telling you every joke bomb <laughs> and you paid money so you're not bomb. gonna stop oh, you know yeah. what i'm saying you're not gonna get off hey one thing i will say i stayed in the pocket i took that dick like a man <laughs> And let me tell you, the last thing I did, though, before I got off stage, complete fucking silence up until this point. I, I said, anyone here like scary movies? No one responded. They hated me. So I was like, <laughs> I point to an empty soul and said, oh, there's my friend here. He loves them. And then I was like, yeah, my friend thinks I'm very funny. When I said that, the roof fucking exploded off the place. <laughs> I fucking, my one thing that got laughs was me insinuating that I was funny. They loved that. To a person not even existing. <laughs> the worst part. I get off stage. I'm fucking a mess. I'm sweating. My face is red, dude. I'm fucking a mess. It, Joey, my Joey was with me. He still had to go up. So I literally, it's a cramped small <laughs> bar. I had to go back into the crowd of people that hated me now oh. and sit shoulder to shoulder with my phone just like, hey, I'm the guy that just ate shit in front of you. Hey, I'm just going to be sitting here for the next five minutes. Oh, my God. And God. Um, it was a horrible night, and uh, it, it was bad. But you know what, dude? Joey was like, I never want to go here again. I was like, no, fuck that. Next time I come here, I'm going to go. That's the first one. Yeah. I the mean, first one. you said it was all hipster people? Uh, yeah, it was It was all – well, in hindsight, dude, it was all comics waiting to go up. Oh, uh, okay. You know, so Who's like – Who's reps? Yeah, yeah I, I've learned um, – I mean, don't always blame the crowd, but when it's nothing but comics at a mic, dude, yeah. you're – it's not, you know – I mean, that's – 
similar to LA, there's like mics you pay for just to get reps. Like I would pay yeah. for mics before I went to the comedy store just in case I got up, just so that I at least had a rep in beforehand. Muscle memory. Yeah, and like I would typically bomb at that mic because oh. it was all it was like four comics and you paid five dollars each and you literally all got trapped in a room together and like <laughs> you're like okay i see this guy every day i hope he doesn't go up after this at the comedy store you know and like i'm like supportive guy i'm like trying to be nice everybody laugh at everybody everybody's looking at their phone you know no one gives a fuck. and the craziest part is i've had sets at the comedy store afterwards where like the jokes i did at the mic that bombed to the open mic did good at the comedy store right? which is like the wildest <laughs> shit because yeah. usually it's the opposite you do good at the open mic and you bomb at the fucking comedy store dude there's a mic here that i eat shit at most of the time yeah, everyone does. But I only eat shit at that mic. Yeah, everywhere, every other mic, every I mean, other Joey, show. We're talking about that. You always get frustrated about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I crush, but at that one mic, I just don't do well. I mean, it is what it is. But I guess I'm. Uh, I don't know. But anyways, worst bomb. Worst bomb. Worst. Uh, I'm talking where, dude. Let it go. Okay, it go. I would say there's there was. Two moments. The one, it wasn't really exciting. So I'll give you like the coolest one was <laughs> I was opening up. So when I went to LA the first time and I was starting to get opening spots of Pauly, um, I was I was going across different clubs and like we did the Ontario Improv. We did like um, uh, Harbor, Venture Harbor. And I did good. I was like surprised by how well I did because good. his crowds are just very good crowds and they're packed in there. And then I was so hyped and had, like, such a big, like, I wouldn't say ego, but, like, I was just big-headed after that. I was yeah. like, okay, as long as I keep this confidence, like, I'll kill in every room. When you're on a hot streak, it kind of gets hard to... It comes down to, yeah, yeah. you're going to get smacked in the mouth at some right. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you definitely have to go back to smaller rooms and back up to bigger rooms. Um, yep. But, yeah, so I did uh, Ice House with them. And Ice House is all relationship people. All people that are married have kids. So, like, the opposite of what the other audiences were. The other right. audiences were, like, people that are single. It was, like, various. But people that are, like, down to listen to dirty stuff. That's everything. In, that's in Pasadena, right? The Ice House, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, a suburb. It's not, like... Exactly. LA, yeah, yeah, so that's, like, yeah. the nice suburb that, like, people that like L.A. will live in that suburb because it's, like, family-friendly environment. Right. Nice. Um, and less homeless people. And, um, <laughs> right. and, yeah, I just ate ass, bro. I bombed so hard. And the craziest part is... I don't know. This sounds bad, but like I followed a comic and he like said some stuff about, I, I don't want to bring it up because as soon as I mentioned this, it sounds bad, but basically I'm not saying I bombed because I followed this guy, but all I'm saying is like, it definitely didn't help. And if I, if I would have commented on his set, it would have definitely been the best way to start the set. But instead I was like, just this average guy went up and I had jokes about being single and like dirtier jokes. Right. And this family friendly audience was just completely against it. And I did two shows. So then he was like, oh, you're on the second one. Fuck. Okay. So then, and he watches all my sets, you know? Fuck. Because he, I mean, he like, he's like my brother, you know? Like, he watches everything that I do. Um, so then the second one, I just told him, I was like, hey, bro, like, I'm going to change this up because I don't want to bomb again. And he was like, bro, this is comedy. Like, it is what it is. Just do your thing. Try it. Just try it again, you know? And I went up, and the second time, I um, I asked a guy in the audience the very first thing. I was like, what's your name? He's like, Geronimo. I was like, Geronimo! I was like, I'm going to be saying that when I'm blacked out later, you know? And I was like, I at least got into, like, the crowd right. a little bit, and it opened up the second set better. But, like, that first one, bro, I literally, like, I didn't – I probably got one laugh from a joke, and it was my stoned elliptical joke, which is, like, a very act-out joke. Right. But, um, and that was the only joke I got laughs. And everything else was literally in front of 200 people in the main room of the Ice House. I just bombed. And that was that doesn't sound that crazy, but like, do you remember my second? This is a story that I feel like definitely is nuts. But like after my first set, I quit my job. I got invited to an open mic in Pittsburgh, and I invited my. It was in the basement of a dive bar in Mount Washington, yep. and I invited my girlfriend, my mom, and my aunt, and they all came out. And again, the last time that the two out of the three ever saw me again <laughs> do comedy, um, and oh fuck, um, and. 
every and I dressed up with the Power Ranger costume again. That was the last time I did it. So <laughs> oh this, my second God. time. Second time's a charm. Yeah. So um so I went up and I did my set. And I think actually I think I waited. I think I waited until like I think I was actually like last. Like I think they put me last. Even though I got there first, they put me last. And I think they did it on purpose because literally every single comic, like every single comic spent five minutes just roasting me. Just completely roasting me. And that's why I said, Hey, you want to put a roast of Kevin Budkey? Because that was the yeah. reason why. Well, you were wearing a, a Power Rangers outfit. Yeah, and I had my family in this dive bar basement, like cement, <laughs> like cement walls and seats. Like, like, I, I love you, but I probably would have done the same thing too. Hundred percent. Yeah, 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 like thinking about it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that. Like when I went up, nobody paid attention. Everybody right, acted right, like right. I wasn't there. Right. And then my aunt's laughing a little bit, but like, but she <laughs> oh. saw the video clip from the first one, so she's like, I've already seen these jokes. Right. My mom saw the jokes. My girlfriend was like, Okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're breaking up. <laughs> yeah. After that, we like didn't even talk the whole drive home. It was bad. Oh. Oh, fuck, man. Um, you have such confidence, man. Like, I have friends that want to come see me. I'm like, no. I'm like, please don't. Uh, yeah, I had yeah, confidence I way too early, but I think you have to. I think you have to have confidence. I just think you should invite everybody out immediately. I think you should, like, build that confidence by you grinding alone. Because I think even now, I love putting my friends on shows. And, like, and not that they're my friends, but they're also, like, people that are just killing it, too. So it's like, if anybody can be like, oh, you're picking favorites, like, bro, these guys are grinding hard as fuck. That's why yeah. I work with these people. Yeah. Um, but I think I still don't like performing without anybody that I know on the show. Like, that still, yeah. that no, still gets you. to me. Because it's like, there's a comfortability of being in the green room with your friends yep. and then wanting to watch each other on stage. And you're like hyped. Because you're like, no matter yeah. how bad I do, if I do do bad, then at least I have that one person I'm like, I'm like trying to cater towards. So, so um, Kevin, what the fuck? Are, are you uh, insinuating there should be camaraderie and friendship among comics? What the, the fuck's fuck is you? wrong with you? Yeah, from I mean, Pittsburgh. that's the one thing I learned from the biggest headliners is that, like, they bring their f – like, Ron White, for instance. Yeah. He brings this one guy on tour with him, and I figure what his name is, but he literally brings him everywhere. I don't even know this – like, a lot of people don't know who this guy is, and he, I think he's up and coming, but he's, like, 40. You know what I'm saying? He's just his best friend. So he literally just brings him to feature because yeah. it's like he's he's his homeboy, and he, like, wants to just have a good time, and he's comfortable with this guy. That's like when Joe Rogan was when he was a road comic, he would bring Joey Diaz, even yeah. though he would be like coked out and miss dates and stuff like that. He's still like, I like having him around. Like he's hilarious. Right. It's like it he, makes it a good time, you know. It, and like it's good to have a good energy before you go up too. Absolutely. Like if you have an uncomfortable energy before you go up, then I, that's the worst energy to have on stage. Exactly. Uncomfortable. That's yeah. why, I like, even if I was touring like as a headliner. People will talk about, like, I don't know if you've ever watched, like, uh, Dying Laughing, the documentary, or I think that's what it's called. Um, but there's people, like, in that documentary, other documentaries are like, yeah, you're in a town by yourself. You're getting booked at a college or this. I'm like, I get that. But, like, at the same time, I will always be the person that I'm like, hey, let me get my friend five minutes. You know, and find somebody in that town, even if it's not, like, a close friend. I will do whatever I can to provide somebody an opportunity to get up before me. Just so I have that comfortability of like being like that camaraderie because that does make me uncomfortable. Like that is the one thing I don't like about going to open mic sometimes. And like when I was in LA, it was like you would go to an open mic and you wouldn't be around anybody that you knew and you're trapped in a room with these people. So then when you do eat shit, you don't have somebody to laugh about it with. You're just almost like sitting in that bomb by yourself and you're driving See, home I'm, and you're like, fuck. I'm the opposite. Like I enjoy like when I was super new and didn't know anyone, like that was amazing for me because I was so free. Like I was like, if I bomb, I don't know these motherfuckers anyway. Yeah. Who cares? But it's like when you know someone, it's like you want to like, I guess I want to perform for them, like put on for them. Like I don't want to be a fucking... Yeah. You know what I mean? By the yeah. way, I think Kevin mentioned this. I think it's important. Dude, make fun of yourself when you bomb. Yeah, yeah. Rip on yourself, yeah. dude. Fucking yeah. find the find the humor in it because if you don't find the humor in it, dude, you're going to fucking kill yourself. 
sit into the bomb. Sit. Relax into no, it. No, you as I tell comics, when you're bombing, dude, you do all your fucking time. When you're bombing, bro, that first joke bombs, you you take that dick. <laughs> I'm dead fucking serious. You will develop as a comic. You fuck stand in that pocket and get try. Get that knife, get the butter, get the oh, jelly and lube yeah. up. Yeah. Lube <laughs> up, dude. It's coming. You take your you take your lumps. Don't be a pussy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Speaking of which, I hate to I hate to do this, but I gotta I gotta head out, man. You gotta get out of here? Yeah, buddy, all right, I'm man. sorry. I gotta hard out. That's all good. We're yeah, almost yeah. done anyways. Uh, and I also gotta take a mean shit. <laughs> Big shit. But no, go, uh, go get a blumpkin. Go get a blumpkin. I'm gonna get a blumpkin. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hope my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um oh, so yeah, guys. Um great, great seeing both of you fucking great seeing you guys. Bulls. And, Hell yeah. um, I'm moving to Dallas in two weeks, and I won't see you guys for a bit after yeah, Thursday. Yeah, that's what we're going to so, talk about. So yeah. Do not talk shit about me when I leave the room. Okay? All right, no okay. problem. We'll wait. We'll, we'll, <laughs> oh, wait until he fucking gets right, out of here. Yeah. All know. right, buddy. Be easy. See you, bud. Dude, we'll see you Thursday. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> 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 uh, All right, buddy. The great Andreas O'Rourke. Andreas O'Rourke. Oh, we should give him an applause out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So tell me about moving to Dallas. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I had some oppor- I have some friends that I went to Second City with. Um, and there's some other people. And they invited me down for like a film project in Dallas. Um, so I, in January, I went down there last minute. And I just met all these cool people. I met this awesome scene. I didn't get to do stand-up, but a lot of them did. And I got to like at least like kind of see the scene. Um, and a lot of my friends from L.A. are now moving to Austin, which is four hours away. And that has a bumping scene. And Dallas is like – Dallas is almost like bumping more than Pittsburgh as far as like how big the scene is. I would imagine. I mean, um, it's a much bigger city. Yeah. Well, and there's yeah. Fort Worth. There's that. There's Arlington. There's like all these different cities within like yeah. 20 minutes. Um, so it's just like, there's so much opportunity and they need producers. They need people like they've almost too much talent like here and not enough producers. And I'm like, why can't I'm getting to a point where I'm producing across the country already, even when I'm not there, why wouldn't I go to a place like that where it's nice all the time? Like LA, a lot of my friends are down there. There's opportunity. It's like cheap rent, um, for nice houses. Um, and then as far as like filmmaking, like I'm really starting to get into filmmaking and screenwriting. Um, and acting, and that's definitely a great hub for all that. Um, yeah, so it's like I, I wanna I wanna try out some new cities because I I will eventually go back to LA. I don't know if it'll be forever, but I love LA. I love the comedy store. So like once things open up, I know probably like in a year or two, I'll probably find myself back in LA. Um, I might even venture to New York before that. I don't know, but um, but after visiting, I just fell in love, and I was like, you know what? This is a dope ass place. I was open. I was welcome with open arms very mm-hmm. you know everybody's super kind and then after doing the filmmaking type stuff i was like you know what i'm the people down there are people that um and i even know people from chicago that are moving down there for the same reason so it's like you know we're gonna have this awesome crew of stand-ups um that are also actors and, and screenwriters and um you know there's just a lot of like almost just unlimited amount of potential of projects we can work on so um yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why I decided on it, you know. Plus, like, not only Dallas being a good scene, it's surrounded by good scenes. Like, yeah. it's surrounded. Okay, so you're hours a, away from so many scenes. A couple hours away is Austin, which is about to blow up. Like, it how, is. so many. I mean, it Joe is Rogan's already up. there. Like, Dave Chappelle's already there. Yeah. Tom Segura's moving there. Tim Dillon's moving. I mean, there's so many big comics moving there. Yeah. And then you another couple hours away is Houston, which is has I mean some of the greatest comics of all time. Sam Kinison, um, uh, Bill Hicks, you know, came out of there. Yeah. Like, that's a great comedy scene in itself too. Mm-hmm. Cause like you think about here, you know, the next like big scenes are like New York, which is like six, six, seven hours away. Yeah. And then Chicago is like hours. six, seven hours away. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, dude, you almost have me sold down there. Like you almost have me 
ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I just it's one of those things. It just depends on how comfortable you are in a place. And I think I've always kind of lived. Um, I've always lived out of a suitcase already. And my dog's going nuts. Damn, bro. He's getting that energy. This bro's hyped, dude. dude you give he, this guy HGH. I this know. guy is like, he does push-ups on you. When he gives you a hug, he like pushes you. Dude, He's like trying him. to bench 220. <laughs> hey, shut up. No. <laughs> I, he got on my Coke. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but no, yeah. It's And, okay, dude. It's wonderful weather down there. Yeah. Like you said, it's cheap. I mean, Pittsburgh's cheap, but it's cheap down there, too. Yeah. Like, and... There's a lot going on, not just comedy, like you said, like filming, shit like that. Right. You know. I mean, there's like a bunch of acting agencies in Dallas alone, you know? Yeah. And then even the fact that, like, you know, I'm slowly, it's weird because I love Mark Cuban, and he was the, one, that was the first book I've ever completed, and maybe still the only first I've ever completed completely. Right. Um, is Mark Cuban's Sport of Business, and, um, and he's from Pittsburgh, and I love it. And I was like, you know what? He talks about going down to Dallas and living in an apartment, a studio apartment with 10 people. Yeah. And sleeping on the floor and everybody's happy. And it was like the happiest moment of his life, you know? Did he see why he chose Dallas? Well, because like it was just business opportunities. And his, I think his brother was down there. Oh, okay. um, So he got a job and then learned how to like, he read all the stuff about computers. And he literally read the handbook. So he knew how to like sell those products at the store. And then he basically built enough value that he was able to start his own company with that. Um, but like he was just talking about like how much Dallas is just so welcoming and open and free and... Um, yeah, again, the same reason I'm moving down there. And uh, so, you know, when I went down there I, and I saw that, and then just seeing all the – oh, so the whole point I brought that up was uh, the Mavericks. Like, I'm starting to get affiliated with people that are affiliated with Mark Cuban and the Mavericks. Mm. So it's like that's one thing I just want to, like – if there's one thing I want to accomplish with, like, a partnership with somebody or, like, something to, like, just collaborate in some way, you Fuck know? yeah, dude. Yeah, they'll be, like, Mark Cuban or the Mavericks. Um, How fucking dope would that be? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really want to do, like, sketch stuff for their for the Mavericks. <laughs> you like, warm up before the games. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you yeah. You warm up the crowd. <laughs> yeah, the crowd work, bro. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then, yeah, again, just the fact that there's other major cities four hours away, San Antonio. I mean, even Corpus Christi. You got Oklahoma City a few hours away. Yeah, I mean, San like, Antonio's dope. I went there. I love that Oh, really? Place. I yeah. know, that was the only place. Oh, I mean, I visited Austin when I was there, too, and that was sick. Um, unfortunately, it was freaking shut down the one week they were down shut down for two weeks and i was there the one week that they were shut down of course um but i mean now it's like even texas is just 100 percent open which is nuts i mean i would still obviously yeah, no masks, I'll be, nothing right i mean they're still wearing masks like indoors and stuff but, but it's not yeah. mandated uh for some places it is but oh, yeah, it is like some lady just got arrested for it but oh um, see i heard that like they took the required like you, you can wear masks obviously well but... it just depends on the business okay so if a business says no then it doesn't matter um oh so so like a restaurant or whatever they have the ability to be like we don't care about masks and it's fine exactly or they can say look you have to have a mask to be in here exactly okay um and i think the coolest part about Austin when i drove through was even though everything was shut down there was a place where they do festivals outdoors and it was like as if it was like uh disneyland mm. there was just all these people like the whole entire parking lot every parking lot around the area was full and there were just all these people on like tight ropes like walking on tight ropes from tree to tree <laughs> like people you just tell people on like lsd just walking around like tripping balls it was just nuts dude like it was um it was like a music festival without music you know it's crazy how many clubs are moving there too like creek in the cave shut down in new york they're moving to um wow. austin like that's I, smart. I, I think there's two or three new york clubs that are moving to austin and then brogan wants to build to himself I thought it was going to become like just a haven for like big stars. We're mm -hmm. like, you know, like the, uh, I mean, you got into the comedy store, but a lot of people are like, the comedy store is tough to break into because you're all it stars. It is. I was the luckiest person on earth, bro. That's like, I, that's my, I mean, I wouldn't say 
it's my lottery ticket or that I've passed at the comedy store by any means, but I'm at least I've at least got enough spots there um, yeah. like that I'm I'm definitely blessed for sure. Well, like just from hearing what Joe Rogan was saying, like it's it sounds encouraging if you want to move to that area because he's like we need to have mandate open mics like twice a week at, at his clubs and like he's gonna have a small club for people to develop and a big club for like basically them, you know yeah. what I mean? So. Well, that's that kind of the place that I'm working with in Dallas that okay. I'm like talking to. They all, they each have, or at least some of them have like two rooms or three rooms. This one has like three rooms. Right, right. So it's right, like right. one's like a super small pub, one's like a normal room, and then one's like an actual 300 person theater. Really? Yeah. So it's like that stuff like that. That like that's exactly what the comedy store was. Is three rooms that are yeah. kind of similar sizes. So that's exactly what I'm kind of trying to find is like venues like that, so that I can help these younger comics develop on showcases and then work with headliners. But see, Dallas is big enough for that. Like I don't think. Pittsburgh is a city where you could have a comic club with three rooms in it. Well, I don't think that it, enough. No, I don't think that's. I don't think it's about the fact that you can't do it here. I think it's the fact that nobody wants to see comedy here. Really? See, like, like at least like the younger like comics. Nobody wants to see like the up and comers. People want to spend either sixty dollars or more. People want to like people want to see like the big big names. Nobody wants to oh, see like right. yeah. nobody wants to see like middle tier or lower. I agree. You know I what agree. I'm saying? Like whereas like Dallas, like you can go to a showcase and see like up and coming names that you've no idea who they are. It'll be sold out. But oh uh, okay. But is that the case, or is it just that the comedy scene in Pittsburgh, like the big club, like the Improv, has no interest in helping the people that are that middle tier? Like they, uh, they only want to book the the bigger talent. No, because I I definitely know some middle talent that like that sounds bad, but like you know you definitely I definitely know comics though that are like starting to headline. Not middle talent, but middle in their career. Yeah, in, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, I mean the improv does help those people, but it's the improv is honestly after experiencing L.A. and experiencing the improv out there, the improv is honestly the hardest franchise to get into because it's the most famous comedy club in the country right in the world. you know other than the comedy store and the laugh factory that is the most famous comedy club because it has so many franchises yeah um so they are very particular about who they let in and like put on shows regularly because if you get past that one club you're most likely getting recommended for all the clubs right you know so that's why they're so picky because it's like they don't want to put a schmuck on him do bad and the next thing you know he's like getting these chances that he shouldn't be getting um, so it's basically people that are proven, you know? True that, yeah. Um, I think there just needs, like, just talking about the Pittsburgh scene, there needs to be more viable venues. Because, like, you think about Cleveland. Yeah. Similar city to Pittsburgh. They have, like, the improv, and they also have hilarities, which yeah. is really more sought after than the improv there anyways. But right. it's, like, hilarities, they do put on, like, their local talent. Yeah. Like, they make it an effort to do that. Definitely. So people develop better over there than they do here. Well, I, and I, I think we got we got Arcade, um... You know, and I think that's like a unique crowd and audience. It's more of an improv crowd, a sketch crowd. Ar- Arcade um, has great crowds too. Like they the, do. The like crowds those crowds want to laugh. Are like amazing. They, they, they don't even sell beer, but people bring their own beer and they just want to have. A, they want to laugh. But that's that's really an improv place. You know, what I mean, that yeah, does yeah stand exactly. In sketch yeah. place, but I mean, um, Steve Hofstetter starring that place. The that's true. The arts. Yep. Um, that's true. Uh, foundation, and that's going to have two rooms that are different sizes. So I mean, I think that that place I, looks dope. By the way. Definitely. Well, and I think it comes down to me and you, though. You know, people like us, like, there's obviously a lot of people that are starting to produce shows that are, like, um, that are younger into the into comedy, but I think it comes down to just there being more producers. Like, I was talking yeah. to a few people today, and I was like, hey, like, you're a great comic. Like, you're up and coming. Like, what is holding you back? And, like, stage time and, like, seeing people. And I was like, okay, like, I get that for right now. But, like, in the coming months, like, is that still what's going to hold you back? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, then why don't you produce? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you know, I don't have that much experience, like, but it does interest me. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing. It's like 
it's never going to be easy to produce. Yeah. And you're going to get sh- shit on for wanting to produce, especially like a younger and a younger like age of comedy, like for how like if you're earlier in your career. Um, but I think that's why you start with like a open mic or do you start right. with a showcase and open mic? Yeah. You know, you don't start with like bringing headliners. Right. That was just something like, like I just think over time I've made friends with headliners and I know that I'm not at a point where I want to headline yet. You know, like I could, I could be a fucking far fetching it and headlining every show. I just, and I, I'm sure some of the sets would be good, but I just don't want to put that pressure on me yet. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you should headline unless you have a TV credit or you have enough material and you're really killing it to bring in a crowd you know yeah um but yeah i just think it comes down to just they're just being more producers and i think that uh, talking to venues that won't typically do comedy that's what it's going to come down to is because right, especially right. now with the comedy clubs closing you almost realize like hey like this isn't about a club this is about the environment this is about like like uh, that's why a lot of breweries are doing comedy now because you think about beer you think about comedy you think about comedy you think about beer you know yeah yeah um and they're open-minded towards trying new things to make sales so um, that that is why I'm pumped about Comtra though because uh, the theater out here because yeah. it's like they do want to really put an effort into comedy and it's definitely like, there's not really a lot of places that are willing to do that you know 100 percent so I, I I like I like the future of the scene here you know what I mean but it, it definitely has a way to go in my opinion but yeah you're right it it is about the producers just stepping up and like put I, I think it, it has to be on the producers to want to build the scene yeah and I think my mistake and I think why I definitely got some. You know, I wouldn't say smack talk, but whatever. Like resistance uh, when I started producing here was because I was doing it by myself. Like it's never a smart idea when you're starting to produce to produce by yourself. Right. Produce with like three people. Produce with like even in Chicago, I did the same thing for like a year. I produced by myself. I did like a hundred shows. Produced by myself. I mean a hundred, probably like seventy by myself. So why do you think that gave you that brought you hate? Well, it was just it wasn't so much hate as it was as much as it was like or criticism. Well, because I just didn't have the ticket sales. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So, like, there were some shows that were bad. There were some shows that were great. Right. But it was so inconsistent because I was doing it by myself, and I was working, like, in Chicago especially. Bro, there was one point where I was producing a weekly show. I was producing a monthly show. I was taking a, a improv class twice a week for, like, four, like three hours. I was doing sketch shows, um, and then I was doing open mics on top of three jobs and producing that stuff. So what was paying your bills? Producing? No, three jobs. Producing was like making me side cash, and I was like eating food with. You right, know? right, right, right. Um, but so like, what, what were you doing for jobs then? I was working at Jimmy John's. I was a busser, and then I was also a dishwasher. See, because that's my like that's my biggest uh, problem right now is like I, my work keeps me from getting on stage time when I could. We'll see that's a, well, and, right, and I think that's where. You know, the reason why I had three jobs is because the two busing jobs I had to have during the day most of the time because I wanted to be free at night. Yeah. But then you make less money if you're doing it during the day. Yeah. So that's why it's almost clutch to have, like, if you're going to have a job around comedy, it's almost clutch to have, like, an office job that you have, like, nine to five. That's what, like, I mean, I'm a night guy, so I like being up super late. Right. Like, I'll go to sleep, like, four in the morning. But, like, I think it's very smart to sacrifice a little bit of sleep and work a day job if you can bartending and even like restaurant managing which what i'm doing now is like a black hole of a job because it's like where else are you <laughs> like it's like all right go find a, a, a day job where you can make like 30 to 40 bucks an hour without a college education and just like without certification just go 
It's tough, yeah, you know what I mean? So when people intense. start bartending, it's like they never they never leave it because it's right. usually people didn't go to school or whatever, and they're making dope money, so they just stay in it forever. I was about to say, bartending yeah. actually is like a clutch job. Like yeah. if you if you can bar, I got offered to bartend twice, and I tried both times, and I uh, I broke up. down both times. I uh, the one time I was at, at my buddy's in Chicago, um, the venue that I worked with, and um, I actually am going to be on the show there next Wednesday. Um, <laughs> you broke down, but I yeah, they were like, "Hey, bartend, bro." So I was on this back bar, so it wasn't even the busiest bar in the bar. There's two bars, and I was in the back bar with somebody else. And then I like I had a somebody literally asked me for um, eight blowjobs and <laughs> and uh, three beers and I didn't know what a blowjob was right the shot so then yeah. they're trying to like tell me how to make this shot eight of them um, so I got to put the calculations in to get eight of them you right know? right um, and then I had to get this beer and as soon as I finish up the shots I walk which took me ten minutes uh, and I'm getting asked for drinks at the same time of course yeah and then all of a sudden I move to my right. And I'm like a bigger, like shortered guy. Yeah. I, and this is like a smaller bar, bro. Husky, I, husky. I fucking shorted the shit out of this fucking fridge, <laughs> and all the beers fell. Every like almost like all of the front rows of beers. So like at least oh. two of every beer fell on the ground in yeah. the fridge. And I was like, I'm done. I quit. I was like, I can't do this. They're like, bro, relax. Just breathe. Just breathe. I'm not letting you quit. And I was like, come on, please, just let me quit. <laughs> so then, like, after, you, you, like the, you have to let me quit. <laughs> yeah. And like at the end of the night, they're like, oh, I was like, I was like 120 bucks. I was like, oh. Okay, that's not bad, you know. Yeah, I already yeah. felt bad for you, but you know. And then I was like, I'm still not doing this again. This is just right. frustrating. You have to learn how to make all those drinks. Every makes them different. Even Bloody Marys, like there's like 14 different ways to make a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I like to put celery in mine. I like to put hot sauce. Right. I, you're like, no, I don't want it spicy. All right, I put salt instead. <laughs> like, oh, no, I want sweet. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does blow. I, I've been doing it like 10 years now, so almost 10 years. So it's like. Yeah, it is something you just learn along the way, but yeah, ten years, <laughs> ten years <laughs> yeah. though. You know That's what I mean? A grind. Like yeah, yeah, I went into bartending thinking like I don't want to do this more than a year, so why should I learn it? Yeah. But then like I think the reality of bartending is like it, you realize how good the money is, oh, especially yeah. for like sometimes you work probably like a five hour shift to make decent money on like a Friday night or something. Yeah, you know, and then it's like okay, well then why wouldn't I do this? Do I start? Um, I was like nineteen. I was working down the city Damn. and it was like and the night it was like here's 700 bucks i was like what i was like holy fuck let's go like yeah that's awesome. i'm doing this forever <laughs> yeah i mean it's hype bro. yeah <laughs> one day bro yeah jesus yeah but it's like it's almost like that i i think though the grind of being broke in a comic is part of what makes you funny like if you were rich the entire time and never struggled as a comedian yeah. that's probably really hard to be funny yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I still I don't even talk about that much anymore either, too. But when I was in LA, I definitely the first time I talked about being broke a lot, and like I definitely had solid jokes about it. But then I think I wrote too many, so when I came back with that material, I literally would have like ten minutes straight of just very sad shit. Yeah, that had punchlines. But like, if you were feeling bad for me, you wouldn't laugh. You right, would just feel right, bad. right. Were, were you newer in the comedy then? Yeah, I, w- I moved to LA two years in, um, and then. Yeah, so this was like my third year, like three and a half years in is when I would like I came back and was doing like comedy about that, about yeah. being broke as a comedian and like stuff that I went through. Like I had like a blow up mattress and it deflated. So I was like, oh, I'll come back to my water raft. You're going to love it. You know? <laughs> just stuff like that. And like yeah. nobody, people were like, oh, yeah, like, come like, on. Oh. This is a joke. Like, I just want to give you money at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's like, I think now I should probably work some of that back in. But I do talk about just where I've lived. And I think I'm starting to understand like how to tell my story. And um, I think that's like the beautiful thing in comedy is like when you can just be more than just funny and you could be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's what Polly told me, bro. Polly sat me down in the car and. He uh, after he saw me at the like the one potluck, so I got a potluck my very first day in L.A., uh, 2017, and then the next week 
um, he put me up. And then afterwards, he um, it was him and Tony Hitchcliffe in the back of the room. And then they were like, can we talk for a second? And Tony Hitchcliffe was like, I had this lip joke about like having fish lips. He's like, that was the only funny thing you said. And I was like, okay. And then Paulie was like, yeah, I kind of agree with him. He's like, uh, so, we, <laughs> oh, so, Jesus Christ. so then he drove me home. And uh, he was like, "Give me your voice, give me your phone, real quick." So he put on the voice memo. He's like, "My name's Ken Budkey." Like all this stuff, like um, talking about like, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. We put fucking, we got bridges, isn't that cool? You know, and like we got fucking fries on our sandwiches. You know, what kind of sloppy pieces of shit are we? Whatever it was, you know. Um, but he like talked about that. Like my parents are divorced, all that, and he like put that in the voice memo, and I still have it. And that's when I like I, literally the next week I had a, a whole new five minutes. I just wrote about my life, and I got up at Flappers and la with all like i went you should never go to a showcase at a club especially if like you're trying to showcase yourself with all new material right and i did it and i honestly had a pretty good set and i still have the video and like i'm proud of that because it was so honest and i added punchlines to the honesty and i was also excited and like happy to be there yeah. so you couldn't really tell that it was like that sad you know and plus right. everybody else is fucking going through shit there too so it's like they're more open-minded towards the the garbage stuff you know like oh yeah. like understanding you're broke whereas like you come out here and you talk about being broke you're like oh yeah, I got a guy who's hiring, and you're like, "All right, shut up!" Like, I'm not. It's not about that. Yeah, and like I, the, I was gonna say too, when you're talking about things in your life or not sad things, you're probably more comfortable too. Like being broke is such a terrible, uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. So it's like when you're invoking that, it probably didn't make you feel as comfortable as it just talking about shit in your life and where you're from and st- like that. My first day I started writing comedy, where like I'm gonna do this. I said, like, I did not want to be, like, the big guy who just wrote big guy jokes or, like, the <laughs> yeah. dude who just wrote, like, sex and fart jokes, something like that. Like, I yeah. wanted to be interesting from the jump, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I try to – that, but I, I guess I, I talk a lot about, like, current event stuff, so I guess it's easier. But um, Well, I think you also – not only that, but I think you're also, like, a people's person, so you can, like, relate to the audience pretty well. Like, you understand, like, the feelings of whatever he's having in the moment. So, like, the, when I – the one um, – we were at in McKee's Rocks together um, – you know, you could really read the audience and that's what made you so like, like just even funnier on stage. Um, because you're trying to like almost brighten these people up like, Hey bro, I know this sucks. (laughs) 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 The show's rough. I know man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just stuff like that. Yeah, no, Um, it's, it's, it's cool, but well, dude, um, we should probably wrap this up because you got another podcast to get to and everything. Yeah. But, um, dude, thank you for coming on. Um, we so when people hear this, this will come out Thursday. So tonight, I'll say tonight. So this was what's the date for Thursday? The eighteenth. Yeah. So tonight, the eighteenth at eight thirty p.m. at Parkway Theater. Um, come see Kevin Budkey and friends. It's like a little going away party for him. So Kevin's gonna be uh running it. I'll be on there. Andreas will be on there. Joey will be on there. Purse. Uh, yep. and a bunch of other funny people. Hell yeah! Thank you for having me on. This is fucking awesome. You're the fucking man. Um and yeah, I'd come out to the show. Use the promo code Comics. Uh, that's our code. But like, you know what? You're more than welcome to have it. Five dollar tickets. Um, come have some fun with us and um, show some of this guy. Subscribe, you know, give us some good ratings. Um, Where can com- people find you on social media? Uh, Kevin Budkey, Kevin B U D K E Y, just at Kevin Budkey on everything, and then uh, StayHappyFamily.com. Stay and, happy. Family. And where can people get tickets for uh, tonight's show or this? Uh, StayHappyFamily.com, and then that'll take you to like the Eventbrite. So on Eventbrite, everything's on there. Um, there's also a Facebook page for all the events. Um, but yeah, but yeah, more for you though. Like I want them to subscribe to you, Corey. Okay, <laughs> subscribe yes. to this stuff. Andreas and Corey kill it. They always have great guests. They always have a fun time. Um, 
Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you, man. Uh, you can follow us um, at Corey, just Corey Dre Show, at Corey Dre Show on um, Instagram. Um, you can find me at Corey Brennan Comedy. Um, I believe Andreas just at Andreas O'Rourke on Instagram. Uh, guys, you know what to do. We'll see you next week. Stay black. Yeah. <laughs>